This is Edge Cases, a podcast about the grumpier side of software development, mostly, but not always, Apple-related, featuring myself and my co-host, the Rizzolian Isles of Objective-C. I'm Andrew Pontius. And I'm Will French. This is episode 46. It's Saturday, April 20th, 2013, and our topic this week is auto layout. Oh, you totally stole my topic. <laughs> yeah, I, I was figuring I might have, because you did have that thing today where you tweeted about, oh, hey, I want to get that, that um, yeah, uh, what was it, the sample project. Right, right. Uh, Peter Ammon did his uh, word play. Not to be, conf- be confused with words play. Or I, uh, my, my friends at Standalone Software have an app that is for, for um, uh, the iOS. That's also right. a, it's uh, similar to what's that? Words with friends. That's it. But theirs um. doesn't is an evil. <laughs> um, well, this may so this is uh, as our audience may already know. We don't tell each other what our podcast topics are going to be ahead of time. And so this is one of the uh, potential uh, outcomes of that, is that we uh, steal each other's topics. <laughs> um, so, but we'll... All right, so start off. Let's start off by saying that there is going to be Package Maker follow-up, follow-up to the last week's episode. Yeah, um, I got surprisingly hot topic. A lot, of, a lot of feedback on that one. Well, <laughs> some of it was because we were wrong about some oh. things. Which you know, we, obviously, we should thus lace all our podcasts with wrong information, which I think we kind of do anyway. <laughs> I know it doesn't always work to do that, um, but we will talk about that next week. Uh, Wolf and I have discussed that. We'll we'll do it next week. Uh, okay, so <laughs> so why did I steal this topic from Wolf? Then that's what we're, we're going to start off. So I am approaching. So Wolf, have you used this in in production projects? Then, um. Has anything actually hit the wire that I'd use auto layout for? Not yet, but I've yep. been using it extensively. Well, it's right, and it's it's a problem because it's only on iOS six and above, right? So that really makes it for a lot of commercial projects. That makes it less than uh, really tempting to to use yet. I guess on OS ten, it's it's seven and uh, ten seven and ten eight, right? So that goes back a little bit. Although I would say. At this point, I would say if you were, you know, kind of the usual range to to support, I would say for OS ten would probably go back to OS ten six because because they've been releasing more more frequently, which means that you you don't get as much bang for your buck by saying, well, hey, I go back to I go back all the way back to ten seven. Well, ten seven is only a year old, so you're not, two years old now. Mm-hmm. So um, so even then, maybe you don't want to do it quite yet. So so yeah. Um, so why? Why would I do it? Well, and also, so I have, I have actually not even touched it since before I started researching this topic. So it is for me, another one of these newbie topics that I just said, I just said I didn't like to do newbie topics in uh, episode 40, Heroic Measures. And uh, the reason why I don't like it is because I'm afraid that I will only be saying kind of simple, uh, naive things about the topic. Um, and I think that episode 22, the nibs and zibs and storyboards, oh my, kind of proved that because I never really did say all that much about storyboards that, that, that I thought really was kind of unique to the topic. And so, you know, we got this, uh, this post that, uh, that I found afterwards, but which had been actually been posted beforehand on toxicsoftware.com, Schwa's blog, uh, UI storyboard issues, which is in the show notes of, um, one of the later episodes 
where he kind of said more things that were interesting to me than any of what I said in the entire episode. So I don't just want episodes where I'm kind of giving people information. I want episodes that, that, you know, I will find enjoyable and interesting. So, so why go through this? Well, to a certain degree, we're kind of starved for choice, which is, which is probably one reason why we both wanted to, to do this topic ourselves. Um, there are only so many broad cocoa technologies that exist and that I'm interested in and that we haven't covered already. And that list will continue to shrink as we, as we cover them until Apple introduces more topics, which they presumably they will. And if I waited until I used it in production, that would probably be a long way away. So, so Wolf, actually, in many ways, better suited to giving this talk than I am. <clears throat> I think uh, it's, this might be the case where, where, you know, again, we do what I've been kind of thinking that we might try to do is sort of have both of us do the same topic, one right after mm. the other. That might be mm-hmm. an interesting way to go. Um, I'll get all the good stuff first, though. So of course. Yeah. You get your cherry pick. Um, so the, I'm going to try to make this a little better by doing a couple of things differently. Um, one, I, I bought a book. I don't normally buy books to uh, introduce myself to topics. I normally will just power through, you know, Apple's documentation and sample projects and other people's sample projects on Git and Stack Overflow for problems. Um, but I decided to go this route due to uh, the number of complaints I saw on Twitter about the difficulty of using auto layout and interface builder. Yeah. A lot of people are talking about those problems. I will also be talking about those problems. So, um, so I decided to sort of see someone else's perspective on it. And the, the book I got, I've heard about it for a little while now, is called iOS, Layout, iOS Auto Layout Demystified by Erica Saden. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that that's how you pronounce her last name. Um, I only found one audio interview. And it could be wrong because, you know, she might just not have gotten around to correcting the person's pronunciation. But uh, we'll go with that. <clears throat> and the second thing I wanted to do to make this uh, better than your average newbie topic title is um, I wanted to apply this to um, a scenario in one in the, the project I work on at work. And I'll, I'll tell you how that goes, how that went um, um, at the end of the, the episode. So uh, I, I was a little worried with if I, if I went through this book from uh, Erica Saden that I would be sort of mining it for the, for the interesting stuff and saying those on air. And so then I would make it so that other people didn't need to buy the book anymore. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's possible. Uh, now, I thwarted that particular worry by not actually having the time to finish the book. <laughs> so, uh, so I can't be telling you everything that's interesting about it. A gentleman and a scholar, but maybe less of a scholar. <laughs> thank, thank you. I No, I don't even think I know that's not a compliment. Um, so, so to a degree that this episode is going to be a bit of a review of her book uh, in addition to the technology and uh, and I did like the book from, from what I've read of it. Um, now, I mean this as a compliment when I say that her writing reads like longer versions of Apple's documentation. So if you read through Apple's documentation, they tend to be extremely simple phrasing. They're not, they're not um, very uh, dense or hard to understand. It's, it, they, they really explain things in a very simple way, and it, 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 it's good. I like, I like Apple's documentation for what it's worth, but because it's always so short, because they always keep it so high level – it's often hard to – well, they never really go into the kind of gotchas that you really need to know to actually use the technology. Mm-hmm. So the nice thing about this book was that it was both clearly said what, what the, the technologies were, how to use them, but then it also went into the problems and also went into some, some suggestions from the author herself, uh, sometimes contrary to Apple's policies. So I really did like that. I really thought that the, the voice there was something that I could trust. 
Uh, and also it was nice that it was a, a little bit of quirkiness in there as well. Uh, so she's not as dour as we are, but her sense of whimsy would be a good match if we were ever to, uh, to think about bringing her on for an interview on the podcast. But of course, since we're not an interview podcast, that's almost certainly not going to happen, but, but I could see it. Okay. So what is auto layout? Um, well, it's a replacement for springs and struts period. Hmm? Um, okay. So there's more to it than that. It's, um, it's a more complicated replacement. Um, so instead of doing very simple relationships between views and their super views, um, now you can set up relationships between views and, and virtually any other view and multiple relationships at the same time. And, uh, so there's just a lot of, a lot of promise, a lot of, a lot of things you can do here that before you would have to do in, in code. Now, the example that I, that I put together in my code and then I'll talk about now is uh, a stoplight, a very simple and very stupid stoplight sample application. So let's say you have three views. You have uh, squares of, of red, yellow, green, and they're arranged. Actually, you know what? I should have arranged it top to bottom, shouldn't I? In any case, I arranged them left to right. And, uh, and so what I wanted to do is I say, okay, the rules for this are that they are a fixed amount of space apart from each other and apart from the edges of the window. And if they, if they grow in size, they, they're, they're fixed proportions. So they're always a square. So they're a bigger square or a smaller square. And, um, but if, if the window is resized such that, um, such that, uh, it's, it's too narrow, there's, that they, they won't overlap the screen, overlap the window. They won't, they won't go off screen. You, you won't be able to make them any shorter than a certain amount. Um, and so that was an interesting Interesting set of constraints to go with. And, uh, and of course, you can't do it all in... And they're also uh, centered vertically. Now, the vertical center part you can do with springs and struts, but the rest of it you can't because you can't uh, associate one view with another view like that. Uh, okay. So, and it's also true <clears throat> if you say, well, they're going to be arranged horizontally such that they take up all available space, then... Each one of those those views, each one of those colored views, depends for what its size is going to be on the size of the other views as well. It's not a single pass solution. You kind of need to say, well, here's, or at least it's not, it's not something that can be done in isolation. Now, all of springs and struts relationships could be uh, uh, evaluated and applied in isolation from any other. Here, they can't be. Here, you need to know everything before you can put it together. And so, and you know, so the, the examples there are, are pretty cool. You can, I can make that work. So even, you know, just fiddling with this for less than an hour, I was able to make a, an OS X application that could, that could fit all of those things with only a little bit of, of trouble. So now the APIs to make constraints. So, so what they, they call them constraints. I would generally call them relationships, but okay, constraints. NS layout constraint is the object. And you make one by calling an API, which I will read now, just for the sake of being able to say, well, you know, if somebody said, well, they didn't even say what the API was. Well, it's not really going to help you for me to read it, but well, let's just go with it. Constraint with item attribute related by two item attribute multiplier constant, right? So all of you are writing that down now, I'm, I'm sure. Okay. So you're relating two views. So the, the constraint with item view one, that, that's the first view. And then the attribute is something called NS layout attribute. And there's a, it's a, an enumeration and there's only a certain number of things you can do. You can do the, 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 the edges of a view in any direction. Um, 
you can do the height, the width, and the center, the, the X or the Y center, and also something called baseline that I'm not going to get into, but which you should investigate if you're going to use this on your own. One thing that's interesting is that they can, you can do the left and the right view uh, edges as sort of the attribute to to associate, but they also have leading and trailing, mm-hmm. which is something that I I, I like. Um, I'm glad they added it in. It makes sense, and this is probably you know at least one of the reasons why they said let's do a whole new API because you couldn't have it would have been hard to to uh, you know cram this into the old API. So what that is 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 it goes the direction that you read it in. So in Arabic, it would be reading from right to left, and uh, in America, you'd be doing left to right. I don't know what other what other cultures use right to left. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure myself. I think there might be soon. Sure, there's something, um, but in any case, so it, it makes it more flexible. If you use left leading and trailing, you can you can get all that for free. Um, okay, so so if I wanted to say you know my red view is next to my uh, yellow view, you would associate the the trailing edge of the red view with the leading edge of the right view, and the the way you, when you say related by, there are only three ways you can relate something. You can relate it by saying they're equal to each other. In which case, they would be right, right up against each other. You can say less than or equal or greater than or equal. Uh, okay. But I want a border between them. So how are you going to do that? Well, what you would say then, there's, there's two other things at the end, the multiplier and the constant. The constant is a, a constant adjustment of that. So if you say the left border is equal to the right border, uh, what would it, minus 50, right? So you'd say minus 50. And then, you know, then they're going to be 50 pixels apart. Uh, and then the multiplier is is proportion. So proportion doesn't not all that useful with uh, with borders like that. But if you say the width of one view is twice the width of another view, or two thirds the width of another view, that can I'm actually not sure how, how useful that is, but it's it's out there and I, I did play around with it. And it does work. Uh, so that's the that's the the single constraint API. There's also another constraint API that I didn't get into. Um, Oh, and also, uh, before I leave the other one, uh, just to give you a sense of, of the complexity here, uh, in order to make that thing that I just described, the, the red-green, red-yellow-green thing, mm-hmm. it took 18 different calls to make 18 different constraints to make it all work, to, work together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot of verbiage in your code. Um, so what Apple does on top of that is they give you an, an API for the setting up through a visual formatting language. And this API is constraints with visual format, options, metrics, views. And the the interesting thing here, well, I, I didn't get a chance to play with it. I only read about it a little bit, so I won't get into it too much here. Um, but I will say it's like NS Predicate. Um, and what I have found when I use NS Predicate for core data fetches or for filtering or whatever is, well, you can make each, you can make a compound predicate by making the individual predicates and then glomming them together in a compound predicate. You can do all that extra work. I never do that. I always use the, the, the format one, right? So mm-hmm. the format, you can string together a whole bunch of things and you can, it's, it's easier to read and it's, it's less verbiage. It's the same sort of thing, I think, with, with the visual format. And I think that this is an example of Apple making the APIs that they want to use. So you may remember in episode 35, uh, their job is to break it, actually, is that the one you wouldn't remember because you, that was um, Peter Hosey? Um, but anyway, um, I talked about how the QA automation APIs are in JavaScript instead of Objective-C 
because Apple's own QA engineers are not generally Cocoa engineers. So they made the API that they wanted to use. So here, I think they made the API that they wanted to use because they didn't want to do those 18 calls. But in this case, of course, it's very beneficial to us as Cocoa engineers because they made it easier for everyone to make more complex uh, uh, relationships, constraints for things. Uh, so that's the second way of, um, of making, of setting up constraints uh, between views. And the last way is Interface Builder. Now, uh, Erica Seden says in her book that Apple's preferred way to set up auto layout in your application um, in order of preference is Interface Builder first, the visual formatting language second, and building the constraint objects one at a time third. Um, but what she says is, and this is again a nice, nice bit of the fact that sort of she gives you her experience in addition to just saying what the what Apple says, is that she says she pretty much likes it in the reverse order. She likes building the constraint objects one at a time because then you're more sure of what you're getting. And so you have the least chance of there being unwanted side effects or at least unanticipated side effects. Whereas even when using the visual formatting language, you may get a number of constraints that you didn't, uh, didn't expect. So here at least you can say, well, you know what, even if it doesn't work, at least it's exactly what I asked for. And so, and so that's good. And that's, the, that's what I used. That's what I wound up using for my little uh, test application. So Interface Builder, I did also try to use Interface Builder as part of my test application and just doing a couple other things. And wow, Interface Builder is really frustrating. I would even go so far as to call it infuriating. <laughs> and which is unfortunate because that's Apple's recommendation. So that's, you know, most people who are coming to this technology, they're going to, you know, use what Apple says to use. That's what I would have done if I had come to it from their documentation. And, and it's just, it's just horrible. So, uh, for those of you who haven't used it yet and, and Wolf, you sounds like you've used it. Mm -hmm. What's going on is that they, all right. So if you, if you were to set the things up yourself manually and you were, then you were to run it and they didn't work and there's plenty of ways that they won't work. If you, if you underspecify, if you, if you make it such that, uh, there are too many ways that it could set up, say the width or the height or the, or the positioning so that it doesn't know which exact one to use, it, it will complain about that. If, you, if there are contradictory constraints, if you, say one, if you add two constraints right in a row, you say one, height is 50, and two, height is 300, it's going to complain about that because they can't be both. And there's lots of other edge cases to it. One of the things about this, this uh, technology is, it is, it is it's sort of, you know, we should adopt this as the technology of our podcast because it's really like edge cases city. <laughs> It's, it, it's, they give you a lot of power, but then there's so many things that can go wrong. And, and in fact, you're most likely to have lots of things go wrong um, um, a lot as you're trying to put together more complicated interfaces because it's just, it's just hard to get the, to get the, uh, the formulas, formulas right. And so what happens at runtime is there's actually some very verbose error logging that you get when the system encounters something that it can't handle. So it may tell you that there are two constraints that are in opposition to each other or in conflict with each other. And then what it does is it says, okay, one of these is just going to go away and we're just going to pick one to make it go away. But they tell you, they tell you in the log. So that's good. Um, they don't always tell you everything. 
Um, so for example, there was one, there's, there's quite a few cases where if you set up bad constraints, um, in a way that there's no reasonable way to satisfy them, an unreasonable way to satisfy them might be to set the, the views height and widths to zero. And so your views disappear. Hmm. And so they won't tell you about that. Um, so, so there are still some, some things I would have, I would have, uh, appreciated, I would have uh, recommended if that views by default that they consider making a views height or width zero to be also a conflict uh-huh. and, and to continue throwing away constraints until it wouldn't do that. That would have been much nicer. That might even be worth a bug actually. Cause that's, a, that's a bug that they might actually do something about. Um, but okay. So if you, if you set up the constraints yourself and then you run it kind of, kind of, it's, it's, it's this debugging log. It's this, it's this, um, error handling of it that really tells you a lot of what you're going to need to know to fix it, or at least to know what's going on. Of course, they can't necessarily fix it for you because they don't know what you meant, but uh, because they're not trying to read your mind, but they will give you concrete information about what's going on. But Interface Builder doesn't do that. What Interface Builder does is they say, well, we don't want to show you a wizard. We don't want you to do what you do in code, which is set up all the constraints, and then after you're done setting up the constraints, run it and, and show you what happens afterwards. Instead, they make it such that every time you enter a constraint, it is normalized with everything they already know about the view, such that, that those views in that, in that window or in that view will always be uh, properly set up for constraints. But that's a problem because you may be in the middle of building up something with them, several pieces, and and it, each intermediate step may set thing, may, may either break things or may require interface builder if it's trying to make things right again to basically undo what you just did, or or do some other thing on top of that which isn't what you want, and it's just you know even just spending an hour on this I was totally frustrated. Even this stupid little example, I was totally frustrated by the fact that I couldn't get interface I couldn't get from A to B or A to B to C, I couldn't get from A to, Z, A to G, let's say. <laughs> because each time, you know, at B, they would, they would fuck up what I wanted to do. At C, they would screw it up. And it's not, just, it's not just setting the constraints. It's also, if you move the view around, they will change the constraints on you. Um, which, and actually, so there was, well, I'm talking about it now. One of the WWDC presentations about auto layout. And it's actually interesting. If you look at their documentation, the documentation is very thin. There's actually like one page of it that, mm-hmm. that I saw anyway, but then they list the WWDC sessions at the bottom, which I thought was very unusual for Apple, but also I actually think that it makes sense because oftentimes when you're introducing a topic, the best information you're going to get about it is from these WWDC talks. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, okay, that's, that's good. That's good that they do that. Um, of course I also didn't have time to, to do, to listen to much of any of them, unfortunately. And this actually, yeah. So it comes down to, you know, like, I don't want to spend three weeks preparing for this podcast episode, uh-huh. you know? And so it really does constrain what I can, what I can do. Um, it's also kind of good cause it means, you know, uh, uh, you know, you're getting, again, you're getting that newbie perspective, you're getting a perspective of someone who, who, who much like, a, a, someone trying to do this for production where, you know, I don't have time to spend a month on this. And so I'm looking at this the way someone would look at this. Who, who, it's not their life to just look at new topics, to, 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 to explore new cocoa topics. 
And when it's really hard to get into something, you know, that says something about Apple's technology. So here I am also making excuses again. So, um, but, so I obviously, you know, hey, Andrew, tell us what you really feel. I think this was incredibly the wrong way to do it. And actually, there's even another aspect to it, which is much less important, where, you know, I talked to you about proportion and constant, you know, the two different ways to, uh, to, to make your relationship uh, change it to make it do what you want. Interface Builder actually only allows you to change one of those two. It doesn't give you the proportion uh, uh, input at all. And I guess it's kind of true. And as I said, proportion is, is going to be less useful. But it does mean that you can't do everything that the API says you can do in Interface Builder. Which is also, it's unfortunate when you're when you're playing around with it, because that means you can't play around with the whole thing in the interface that they say you're supposed to use first and foremost. Um, okay, so I've got, and that's really so. All the things that they do for you in the log, like log statement, verbose log statements are great. I, I use them a lot in my own code. I've used them in in, in lots of projects. But they're always hard to read. They're always hard to understand. And especially because they might, you know, they're using pointers to refer to constraints, to refer to views. Uh-huh. And it's, it's just, you know, it can be hard to figure out what's going on. Like, you know, even just a simple thing. I ran into a bunch of cases where the constraints weren't working quite right. And I could kind of tell what was going on. But it wasn't as easy as it, as it should have been. Now, imagine if Interface Builder had had this kind of wizard-like approach where you say, okay, set up the constraints, now run them, and then you got back those same statements from the runtime, but now, instead of just pointers, now they actually you know, highlight the views involved, highlight the constraints involved. Wouldn't that be so much better than having to, to do it all at runtime? Right? Wouldn't that be better, Wolf? Uh, so you're talking about if there are issues that you can actually show the constraints? Yeah, that if, are affected. If they say, you know, hey, there are two constraints are in conflict. Um, we're gonna we're gonna discard this one because mm-hmm. you know they could yeah they could highlight both of those constraints in the in the interface builder document that you're using the storyboard or the zip. You, you, oh, okay. So you want this at, at the IB level, not not at the purple window debug window level. Um, actually, yeah, it's a good point. You could do it in both. I'm. Let's see. Well, yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be good to do the debugger window. Of course, if you could do it in the debugger window, you could also do it in, well, that's a good point because then they could add it in the debugger window without having to get away from this you know, horrible, horrible way that they've done Interface Builder. Now, you know, someone might say, well, if you hate how Interface Builder works, then you know, file a bug. Well, we've been through this. Right? <laughs> you, can't, you can't expect somebody filing a bug to change the entire mindset of the people running, oh, hey, we did this whole thing this one way, completely setting it up in this one way, you know, all these extra steps doing all WC presentations about it. Oh, but your bug? Your bug convinced me that, that I'm entirely wrong and I should do it your way. No, that's not going to work. But if they were to say, well, okay, throw it into the debugger. The, the trouble is the debugger, that would be much harder to implement, right? Because, uh, uh, Tracking things back to what was in the IB document is is not something that would entirely be straightforward, because you might have added things in code. Like this is you know this is similar to the round tripping stuff we talked about, where it, there's just so many ways that it could go wrong 
that it would be hard for you to create a general purpose system for it. No? Yeah. Um, one thing about IB is that, um, is my understanding, basically all my auto layer uh, experience has been from the code perspective because uh, for a variety of reasons, but one of which is that IB, I guess, <laughs> I still call it IB, although I really should refer to it as, what should we refer to it as? Like the, the interface builder portion, the interface editor portion of Xcode now? So that, was, that was what was interesting is the, the and Erica said in his book, she still did refer to it as, as interface builder. Okay, so let's call it IB. I and mean, I, I do wonder what people are thinking when they hear that, when they've never actually had right. a separate thing. And I don't know what Apple does in their in their stuff. It would really actually be kind of nice if they made it a little clearer that it was still called that mm-hmm. in some way. But yeah. yeah, and well, interface builder I believe does not allow you to create ambiguous layouts. Right, and um, and so this is <laughs> it's. This is kind of, uh, you know, auto layout will work with ambiguous layouts. And, uh, and so this, it also has to kind of re- work, it has, has to basically reverse engineer what you want to do based on how you've put rectangles on a screen. So there's right. heuristics involved, and it has really very little information. It's like it's trying to build semantic information based on where you put rectangles. And yeah, you can yes. you, know, you you do the constraints are auto created for you. You can tweak them, but as you've run into when you start having to kind of give more information than what it can deduce automatically, you start running into problems because it starts second guessing you. Right, and actually, and so the little I've seen of the WWC presentation that introduces this stuff. And and yeah, we we've talked about this before. I'm not a fan of how much propaganda there is in WWC presentations. Um, they don't just tell you the information you need to know. They've got to make sure that they've convinced you of all the of all the great aspects of this stuff. You know the reasons why they they did it this way, and they didn't just do it this way arbitrarily. They had their reasons, and they're good reasons, and you should believe them. And one of the things that they do in in this thing, even in the first five minutes, is they say, you know, here's they introduce the interface builder. Uh, approach in a way that calls out its best side. So I, in in the, the presentation, they show a button and they say, well, if you had added this button in the in the springs and stretch model, it wouldn't have been set up automatically just by you placing it in the right place. You would have to edit the springs and stretch yourself. Mm-hmm. Whereas with auto layout, we read your mind and figure <laughs> out where you want it to, what you want to do with it. Uh, and so you don't need to touch anything else. You don't need. And okay, yeah, that's true. And maybe that helps some real newbies. But you know, the minute you get to something more complex, you know, it's just gonna it's gonna bite you in the ass. And so so yeah. Uh, okay, so so I had said that I wanted to um, use this in a real world situation, and uh, and so I have a, a I have a view in the iOS application I'm working on, which you know, I'm not going to go through too many details. I'm going to talk about it in general, general general purpose terms, but it's kind of a control panel. And, and there are views stacked up vertically, controls, that some of these controls can change their height. And the other views need to scooch down mm-hmm. uh, in response to this. They also need to, there's also, um, uh, if, if a keyboard shows up, they need to scooch up. They need to, the, the view needs to compress as much as it can. Uh-huh. But then after a point, it has to stop compressing because you've, you've reached the minimum sizes of, of some, of, your, some of your controls. And so then 
you need to say, well, this is going to be bigger than your available space. And, and so the content view, this is all in a, a, a scroll view, then the content view is going to become bigger than that, so you have to scroll up and down. This is all very standard behavior uh, in, in iOS applications, but you can't do it in Springs and Struts because you can't relate views to other views. And, mm-hmm. um, and so what I wound up doing with this in, in the initial implementation was I turned off auto-resizing completely, and I just had sort of, I laid out the views myself. And this involved sort of saying, well, I have just one view that is all of the layout for all these views. And so if you need any of the views to change their, their size, you know, you call this and then uh-huh. it will recalculate everything. Now you need to do it like that because on iOS and also on the Mac anymore, you only have one shot at, at changing the, the frame of something generally these days. Now it used to, it didn't used to be that way. It used to be, uh, you could, you could have um, springs and struts handle, say, the width, if the width is always you know, tied to the view. And then you just edit, you, know, you just add a few more changes to things, and then, and then you're done. But you can't do that anymore because of core animation. Mm. Because core animation uh, in certain places relies on the fact that you're setting these values in a particular call somewhere, and then they pull those, those calls out and make those changes for you in an autom- in, in, in an animated fashion. So especially when like a, a keyboard shows up, actually I'm not sure if keyboard is the one, uh, uh, rotation is the one that, that I find happens a lot in it. You really, you know, in that sort of will, uh, it's not called this, but like will change orientation, whatever, you know, you should get a shot to say, okay, here's the new value for my views. And, and they'll animate them for you. But if you do two of them in a row, you know, you know what happens, Wolf? You probably do when you do two in a row. Two changes. The last, two of, mm-hmm. last right wins, wins, right? Well, the first one is made, which is why I actually think it's, it's, it's actually kind of interesting how complex it is. The first change is made, but mm-hmm. it's made immediately. Oh, okay. And only the second change or the last change, if you make three changes, they're all made immediately. The first two are made immediately. The last one is animated. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that behavior when I had a bug, yeah. Right. So really, you're like, oh, you know, so if you have like all those places in your code, if you have a complex code base where, where various pieces of the code want to make changes, well, you can't have that. You've got to concentrate it all into one place and make sure it only ever happens once. And so the nice thing about auto layout, as far as, far as I see it, is if you could say, that auto, auto layout, do all these changes for me, then you don't have to worry about doing it in a whole bunch of places in your code. You, you can, you know, uh, delegate that to auto layout and have it do all of those things for you. But it turns out, so, so I didn't have that much time when I finally got to, okay, Hey, I'm going to try this out. And I was just so intimidated by the interface builder that I was just not willing to, to screw around with it basically, uh, on the screen. Cause it was just too many chances that I would just get very frustrated with it and not do it. Now, what I would probably do, it sounds like this is what you're doing as well is what I would probably do is I would have done it in code, which would take a lot longer, right? Because what you really want to do is you just want to tweak it. You just want to tweak it in an interface builder. No, you can't do that. you got to set it up in code. Okay, if I'd set it up in code, that probably would have worked. But you know what? I already have code that works. Why should I use auto layout when, uh-huh. you know, why should I switch to a new technology which doesn't even operate on all of the, you know, versions of the OS that I want when, you know, when I've already figured out how to do this in a way that works otherwise. So it's really, it's just very, very frustrating that 
that uh, that interface builder is they just went the wrong way on this approach, and you know, so so actually, I mean, one thing that was in Saden's book was she said, you know, people will will set up an outlet with like some sort of NS array where you just throw all your constraints in that. And the, and the NS array is like, it's a constraints array. There's some special thing. The constraints array is, is like something you put an outlet to and you say to delete. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, you set up all the views in interface builder because it's the visual way to do it. It's, you know, there really isn't any other great way to do that visually, but then you have to work around Xcode being, being bad in your code as the first thing you do, the first thing you do is you have to throw away everything that Xcode did for you in order to make the thing work. And it's just, you know, oh, it just kills me that, that that's the way they started with it, you know, and it's got to be retarding the adoption of auto layout, or at least, you know, making people say, well, no, I'm not going to, I'm not, gonna, you know. Oh yeah. I, have you, have you looked at stack, the auto layout tag on stack overflow? No, I haven't done it yet. Oh, it's, 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 it's amazing how many questions there are with no answers. Oh yeah, it's just like it seems like there's a lot more people asking questions than there are people with answers. People, so, so the ones who would normally be able to do the answers are just staying away. Yeah, I don't know if they're standing staying away or if they just haven't picked it up yet or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, but it's you know, and this, so this comes back to you know a lot of the things I've said about Xcode. Like they decided that they were going to make things simple, and I've got little, I've got big quotes going on in my answer. <laughs> title um that uh the, you know that you know we're not going to give you a, a wizard because a wizard is is a is an indication of you know complex too complex code uh you know windows ui blah blah blah, blah. you know we're going to make it such that it's all simple we're never going to show you an error message we're never you know and that's but they just made it so much worse so you know and i've complained about xcode all the way along i've got at least two episodes about xcode problems in xcode 4 and but this one this one really really hit me harder than the other stuff. Cause the other stuff is like, okay, it's not as ideal, but I can use it. I can work around it. But this one, they really screwed the pooch because they just took something which could have been a really great power feature. And they, obviously they promoted the hell out of it at WWDC. And they just, they just went, it, they went, went about it wrong. They just, comp- ah, they just you know, really took a lot of the promise out of it. Cause again, you, you have to work around the tool that's supposed to help you and that's, that, that has so much promise to it. You know, Interface Builder just, just screwed things up for everybody. So that's my, uh, that's my newbie uh, reaction, I guess. I will say that um, Interface Builder support for an auto layout was added after the auto layout framework had been written. And um, it... Oh, yeah. And it was... Um, you know, and they had, a, and they obviously have a legacy code base there. And even worse than that, kind of a legacy design model about how everything works. And so it, it definitely needed to be bolted on. And when you think of all the constraints, <laughs> sorry for the pun there, all the constraints that we required a face builder to still be able to write um, not auto layout stuff um, and to add this functionality. I mean, it, auto layout is, I mean, what does interface builder do? It's like for, is, a big thrust of it is to lay out stuff yeah. and and to fundamentally change how that works. I mean, you're basically talking about kind of basically a rewrite where, you know, how how you represent this information is like rectangles on a, string, on a screen isn't good enough. That you kind of have to have this deep semantic representation. And yeah. you, you can't do that with rectangles on a screen. So what we're doing is we're doing it in code now. 
I do like, however, rectangles on a string. I do like that. <laughs> Well, well you're missing out on the uh, the the uh, Peter Ammons uh, talk that I was referring to us, yeah. whatever was on that. That he, he kind of lays out how you do like a a um, according view, as it were, for uh, making a, a variable uh, with uh, he a variable with a container, and it is basically rectangles on a string. So yeah, yeah. Uh, which so I, there are three. There are three talks. Mm-hmm. Um, is it like is it that like the advanced one? Uh, that's that mastering, is. I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which makes sense. And yes, I will. I will read that um, or listen to that. Uh, so, and one thing that people yeah. should know is that uh, QuickTime Player. Yes, it, it can be. You know, that, that is a problem. That I kind of like when I'm at my Mac, I don't want to be kind of like mindlessly watching a video. Uh, I, but if you need to. Do that. I find actually I do it better on, at the gym when I'm on the treadmill, whatever. But yeah. uh, if you do need to do that, uh, QuickTime Player. If you uh, click the fast forward button, it will. Is the implementation is better than it used to be? That is like the only good thing about the new QuickTime Player is that uh, like the two X actually you, know, you can watch a sixty minute presentation in thirty oh, minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you, well, I know you're. Uh, yeah, you're so famous for three X, wanting a four X. Yeah. 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 Uh, unfortunately, it, it passed two x degrees pretty rapidly, and I, and it's really too choppy. Okay, uh, and for people who, who didn't catch that reference, yeah, uh, Wolf tends to listen to podcasts faster than one x. Yeah, but, I found you know I find like listening to our podcast that's totally unbearable until I said three x, and then we <laughs> like I think because all the lag time goes down, then we actually sound like we know what we're talking about. Okay. Um, so should we talk faster or slower? Then I guess we should full steam ahead. This steam ahead. normal speed. Yes. Okay. So that's all. I mean, there's plenty of stuff that I'm not getting to. Uh, uh, alignment recs versus frames. Right. Uh, hug, content hugging priority. Content compression mm-hmm. resistance priority. Lots of good stuff that um, that you know that will help you get get to what you need to get done. But uh, but I think that'll be it for me for now. So it sounds like uh, basically a thumbs up on the book. Thumbs up on the book. Um, I actually got it from Amazon. I'll put a link in the show notes where it's cheaper for what that's worth than on iTunes. And uh, yeah, so, uh, but I, and of course I didn't, I didn't finish it yet. I mean, possibly the last chapter will be, you know, really bad, but I, I don't think so. And there's also some debugging stuff that I didn't get to that hopefully, um, hopefully will again be, be interesting to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, thumbs up for for the book. Thumbs down for interface builder. <laughs> but um, in terms of imagine imagine auto layout shipped with no interface builder story whatsoever. Now now the question is is it is, does it is it worth the complexity? As you as you mentioned, you know, at the end of the day, you have springs of trots or you have your own custom layout code and and uh, layout code tends to be this so terrible. So it's like. Probably the only thing, of course, is like graphics code, which is is kind of its own form of layout. Yeah, but it's just like just reams of reams of stuff that you know you, you look at it like, oh my god, I got to plow into this, and every last thing has to have a variable name, and it's like yeah. it's oh, it's it's, just, it's it's like the assembly of like normal programmers. Like it's, it seems like there's so much code to get so little done. Yeah. But but you know one thing about Autoleo is that it gives you the kind of the higher semantic. Uh, 
semantics yeah. of how things laid out, especially with the ASCII art type stuff. I mean, ASCII yeah. art has its own limitations, but uh, yeah, so you can work at a, basically a slightly higher level. Still, like a, as you mentioned, what you had, she had like seventeen constraints in order to do what you want to do, and it's just yeah, it's like, but at the end of the day, I mean, that's really what needs to be done to explain yeah. all this stuff, and yeah. Well, so I would say that auto layout still would actually, if it had no interface builder story whatsoever, that actually might be better story because then people wouldn't even, again, I I don't know why I've been using this phrase so often, but again, attractive nuisance, the, uh, it's, it, people say, "Oh, I'll just use Interface Builder for this," and when and, you know they're kind of rightfully so because because Apple's trumping it, and that was the way to go about doing these things. But you know, I'd say you stay away from it. Yes, um, well, and it's also it's interesting because one thing I found when I was trying to do it by hand was that just creating a view with an, uh, a uh, a frame gives it constraints unless mm-hmm. you turn that off. There's like a Something, something, something here. You have to turn off um, translates auto re- auto right. resizing mask into constraints. Uh-huh. Like if you do, if you don't turn that off, and then it'll create these sort of uh, auto sizing constraints for you, which was very confusing when I started off. Like, hey, why is it doing that? But that's kind of the way. That's kind of what you would get, I think, with setting up an interface builder with springs and struts model and then adding your own stuff later to it. So you have, you still have to get rid of some things, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, again, that would be, I mean, what you're mentioning is also the case, like people talk about how well integrated Apple is. And I actually think that that's kind of, that's been overblown because there really isn't as much talking between teams at Apple as you would think there would be with hardware and software being integrated the way it is. Mm-hmm. And, and there's lots of, cases where you can just see that things didn't didn't get worked on together and then this in this case okay the politics whatever they didn't get to it but you know that's really pretty appalling uh state of affairs that they couldn't get those two teams working together like that like they should have been working hand in glove from day one to Mm -hmm. get this thing out because you know it's important It, it was important to do this it's important to have this have this uh capability for you know Variable size, Iowa screens for different new models. This should have been, you know, top of the priority list, or at least towards the very top. And yet they couldn't, they couldn't put it together. Yeah, so and, it seems to be kind of a fallout of both the small team size that Apple has and also kind of the crushing deadlines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so, so yeah, um, I'll be interested. I'll be interested in other people's stories. You know, maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get some feedback on this too. Uh, I, I'm sure I said some things that were probably wrong, so so uh, maybe that'll be like you know that'll be the honey to attract the, uh, the bees, <laughs> bees, flies, whatever. <laughs> anyway, alrighty. So please visit our website, edgecasesshow.com, all one word for show notes, a link to our podcast on iTunes, and more. Now, um, I don't know if you've Wolf, have you listened to the Accidental Tech Podcast? I have with uh, Syracuse and Marco yeah. and Casey Gus. Mm-hmm. Now they have a song at the end. That, mm-hmm. that someone recorded for them, and the yeah. song spells out their Twitter names. Mm-hmm. We will never do that. <laughs> so you can find us individually on Twitter: me, a Pontius, a P O N T I O U S, and Wolf, his last name Wrench. That's the word Rent, R A N T plus Z plus S C H. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>